The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom. Well, this is the third week that I ask you, how should we respond uh, to people who irritate us, right? Who uh, are angry at us, who uh, have different opinions than than we do. Well, let's answer these questions. This is the third week. And, uh, but first let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you and worship you, Lord, for this truly is the day that you've made, and we are rejoicing in it, Father. We bless you for building the body of believers into a force, and I pray, Lord, that we would see a great revival in our group, Lord, and a great revival outside so that many people would come to know Yeshua as their Messiah. As we come into the spring holy days, these Moedim appointed times, we ask, O Lord, that you would be king of our lives, that we would serve you and not people, and that we would do the things that you require of us, not what others require and that we would focus on just worshiping you and loving our neighbor. So we bless you. We thank you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Well, as I said, Passover is coming soon. It's our busiest time, and we're working on Passover seders. So if your church or your Bible study, or you just want to have a Passover Seder at home with your family, uh, we'd be happy to send you information that would make it easier. Uh, we can send you a Haggadah, which is the order of the the service. We can um, do all sorts of different things. So you just got to call our office, 813-831-5673. You know, uh, this is a time to share with Jewish people. This is a time where they should be more open. And if you ask the right questions, you should get the right answers. So it's. Um, we'll talk about that next week. Please call us, 813 831 Five six seven three. We're here to uh, just help you with uh, sharing, help you with Passover. Uh, it's our pleasure. Plus, I have a fifty-day devotional called "Counting the Omer." It begins the day after Passover, goes to Shavuot, which is the Feast of Weeks, which is Pentecost. So. Um, This is, uh, as I said, a daily devotion. It also, in the beginning of it, has four different prayers. Uh, One I've recently, well, I didn't write it because the prayer is taken from Psalms 90 to Psalms 100 at different portions. And, And so you're praying the word, which I believe in very strongly. So I'd love for you to uh, get one of these. 
their $3. Of course, if you don't have money or you can't, uh, we will send it free. Um, And also, if uh, you would like it digitally, you just go to our website at shoreshdavid.org and uh, you can get it there. So we'd love for you to do that 50-day devotional. It's all about revival. And as most of you know, um, we are supported as a ministry, uh, this radio ministry, by you. (laughs) And so if you would like to help us with a monthly pledge or uh, a one-time gift, that would be a tremendous blessing. We also would like you to visit us. We have services Friday night and Saturday, four different congregations. You can check our website um, at shereshdavid.org again. That's S-H-O-R-E-S-H, then david.org. Okay? And also um, speak to uh, Jewish people, pre-believing Jewish people, friends, coworkers. Invite them out. Uh, we love visitors. We love to meet you. Um, so let's continue uh, our topic from the past couple weeks. Uh, put God first before responding. The, the idea here is that bad things happen when people say nothing, and yet sometimes bad things happen when people say something. <laughs> They're cut off from friendships and so on. And I I have five things that we should remember about responding. Seek God first. Even before we start this radio program, I pray. Always trying to seek God before doing something. Um, Secondly, we're to be civil. We're to be kind. Fruits of the Spirit, right? Fruit of the Spirit. Uh, Third, we should be strategic. In other words, we should study. We should know how to respond. We should uh, have all the information. We should uh, really figure out what we're trying to say. Four, we should not be silent. And number five, we should go to action. So we're going to talk a little bit today about not being silent and going to action as they're really very similar. Uh, One of the first people who wanted to be silent and not receive the calling and purpose of the Lord, was Moses. He gave every excuse to God and finally gave up because he knew God was for him. God's will was for him to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. So let's look at a couple examples of this. In Exodus 3.11, Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring B'nai Yisrael out of Egypt. See, Moses didn't think he was good enough. And oftentimes, when we are sharing our faith, when we're talking about different things, we'll remain quiet because we don't think we're good enough. It's an excuse. Uh, In Exodus 3.13, Moses said to God, Suppose I go to B'nai Yisrael and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? What should I say to them? Moses didn't think he was smart enough. He didn't have all the information needed. And many of us use that as an excuse as well. We don't know enough. And also, it's a matter of being uh, being more concerned about people than we are about God. And that's an excuse as well. 
In Exodus 4.1, Moses said, But look, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. They will say, Adonai has not appeared to you. Moses didn't think he would be seen as an authority. And many of us have used that excuse. I have no authority and people won't listen to me or believe me, so I just won't speak. In Exodus 4.10, Moses said to Adonai, I am not a man of words, not yesterday nor the day before, nor since you have spoken to your servant, because I have a slow mouth and a heavy tongue. Moses had a disability concerning speaking and felt that it should eliminate him from being used. But many of us have something like that. It's an excuse because we have an area of our life that doesn't fit our preconceived opinion of what a leader is or what somebody who should be talking should be like. Again, we are not allowing God to Tell us we are just deciding for ourselves. It's an excuse. In Exodus 4.14, then the anger of Adonai was kindled against Moses. It's possible that the anger of the Lord is kindled against us for not speaking up, not acting when you're called upon. Is it possible that the anger of the Lord is kindled against you for speaking words in anger? That would be bad as well. You lost your cool. Many of the biblical leaders questioned whether they were good enough, but in the end, they said, use me, hineni, here am I. We see it in Jeremiah 1, verse 4, the word of Adonai came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you prophet to the nations, and then I said, alas, Adonai, Elohim, look, I don't know how to speak. I'm still a boy. Excuses, 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 right? Going back to the scripture. But Adonai answered me, do not say I'm only a boy. For to everyone I send you, you will go, and all I command you, you will speak. Do not be afraid of them. For I am with you to deliver you. It is a declaration of Adonai. See, God is trying to answer all the excuses. (laughs) You want another example? How about the person who led the largest revival in uh, Scripture? What was his reaction about being called? His name was Jonah. It says in 1 Jonah 3, But Jonah rose to flee to Tarsh. From the presence of Adonai, he went down to Jaffa and found a ship going to Tarshish, paid the fee, and went down into it to go uh, away from the presence of Adonai. God is clear that he has called us to not only represent him on this earth, but actively pray for godly results. And so we see that that Jonah was called, and and he didn't do any of that, but he still had to, he couldn't live without doing what God said. And we see in Isaiah 62, 1, For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness shines out brightly and her salvation as a blazing torch. And I would say that not only for Zion and Jerusalem, I'd say it for my family and my friends. I won't rest until they know Yeshua as their Messiah, right? 
Number Verse 6, on your walls, Jerusalem, I've set watchmen all day and all night. They will never hold their peace. You who remind Adonai, take no rest for yourselves and give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in all the earth. Interesting that this next verse took place while Paul was in Corinth and having success with the Gentiles coming to the Lord. In Acts 18.9, he says, Now the Lord said to Paul through a vision in the night, Do not be afraid, but speak and do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one shall attack you to harm you. Many people in the city are for me. So he stayed a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. So even though he stayed a year and six months and many people were for him, I I think God was trying to encourage him because he knew the difficulties that Paul would encounter in the coming months. And, And he was trying to prepare him. Each circumstance that you learn about and where you see God's calling you requires a different action. So if you are concerned about what they are teaching in schools, well, start with a a prayer meeting devoted once a week to the school, right? You can also get on the school board, write an editorial for a newspaper, get on social media, state your opinion, work for candidates for the school board who have your values, work for political candidates who share your values. All the things you do, though, you are representing the Lord. And if you allow your frustration and your anger to be the response to different things and people... You are not representing the Lord. No matter what you think, no matter how strongly you believe it. If you're concerned about gambling in Florida, write to the governor and to your legislators. To do nothing exhibits apathy, lack of motivation. If even it even shows a lack of faith that God can use you to make a change. Before you say that you are ready to respond, though, let me ask you another question. Since we started with going to God first, when you are ready to respond, ask God how he would like you to respond and then be silent and wait for God to answer you. Don't you think that's critical? Sometimes you'll be responding to a spouse or a relative, sometimes to a friend, sometimes to people you don't care about. Sometimes you're responding to persecution or anti-Semitism or people you disagree with, or sometimes you're responding to people who are rude. We serve an awesome God. When we ask, he gives us answers. You just have to ask. You have to be quiet. You have to listen and then he will give you the answers. Certainly there will be difficulties in responding, but God provides direction for us. Like in his word, he says, don't be offended. If you find yourself being offended, probably the next few words you're going to say are not godly, right? Proverbs 19.11 says, discretion makes one slow to anger. So do you have discretion? And then it says, and his glory is to overlook an offense. 
So it's to your glory to overlook an offense. If you can do that, then probably it might be safe to respond. If you can't, then shh until you get it out of your system. In so many ways, God delivers the same message, which is don't allow offense against you. Stay with you. What a blessing to learn how to overlook an offense. We feel these jabs often, sometimes daily. But let's look at how to overcome a spirit of offense. It, it takes intentionality and a humble spirit willing to surrender your right to be hurt. You want to avoid a spirit of offense from taking root. So, one, acknowledge that you were hurt by something or someone. Number two, don't turn to others for counsel without serious consideration and prayer. Now, you, now that sounds weird, doesn't it? But many times we just want to talk, and that is called slander. It could be called just where we gab with no purpose. We should seek the Lord. People who counsel you, that's good. But don't go to a lot of people. Go to one. Otherwise, it's gossip. Number three, pray for your own grieving spirit and for the other person. So pray for you and pray for the other person. Four, allow God's word to do the work in your heart by reading it and meditating. Look, the way to know what God wants is to know his word and to meditate on his word, and he will show you what is appropriate and what isn't. There, I mean, let's look at some of these. Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the control of the tongue. Those who indulge in it will eat its fruit. So you know that when you're dealing with your words, you're dealing with something that is dangerous if used incorrectly. And that's why in Ephesians 4.29, it says, let no harmful word come out of your mouth, but only what is beneficial for building others up according to the needs, so that it gives grace to those who hear it. Boy, if you follow Ephesians 4.29, you could respond very well. Proverbs 12.18, reckless speech is like the thrusts of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. There's another one. Focus on these verses to put in your spirit so that this is how you speak. Matthew 12.36, I like to bring this out a lot because it's an important scripture. I tell you that on the day of judgment, men will give account for every careless word they speak. Whoa, that is tough, right? You've got to forgive even if you don't feel like it. That's a key as well. So here's some practical tips on how to respond correctly. First, you want to listen. That requires you to absorb the ugliness of what someone is saying or the disagreeing, but you don't want to jump to conclusions. You want to know what they have to say. You listen and be quiet. Number two, don't worry about whether you agree or disagree. If you do worry about it, you'll only end up in a fight. You can't reason with people who are angry so uh, because they won't listen to you. Um, three, be empathetic and tell 
that what you really want them to know. So, for instance, let's say you're speaking with an atheist. Okay, so here is something I've talked before, but if you haven't heard it, it's called Feel, Felt, Found. I understand how you feel. Others have felt the same way, and they have found. So, I understand that you don't believe in God. Many people that I've talked to would agree with you. Many of them, though, have also found that the facts prove that Yeshua was not only the Messiah, but also God in the flesh. Would you be interested in seeing those facts? Okay, you see how things get turned around there? Try it. It's called the Feel Felt Found System. And uh, I, I think it's a great way. Look, you've got to stay calm while while someone's angry. Venting is crucial in, you know, if, if you stay calm while they're venting, it will resolve a lot of the problem. If you speak when you're angry, you'll make the best speech you will ever, uh, you will forever regret. <laughs> you like that quote? I liked it. I saw it somewhere online. Speak when you are angry, and you will make the best speech you will forever regret. Remember one of my favorite scriptures, and let this always be your goal, Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught doing something wrong, you who are directed by the Spirit, by the Ruach, restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness looking closely at yourself so you are not tempted also. Bear one another's burdens, and in this way, you fulfill the Torah of Messiah. Let me say something. You know how people say, I'm going to tell you something, and I'm going to tell it to you because I love you, and and I'm going to say it in love. And then they get kind of ugly, right? But because it's the truth and because it's they think it's love. But when you listen to this scripture and it says, do this in a spirit of gentleness, that's a whole different thing. And they can't redefine gentleness like they redefine love. <laughs> gentleness is very specific of what it sounds like and what it feels like. Think about it. So next time when somebody says, you know, they're going to say it in love, say, would you also mind saying it? in gentleness. See how they do. Yeah. Well, this is, uh, you know, our time is up. Passover is coming up soon. We're going to talk about it next week. It's the busiest time. If you want us to help you do a home Seder, a Seder at church, a Seder in your Bible study, wherever you are, call us. Um, we'll get you a Haggadah. We'll give you instructions, even recipes if you'd like. Call us at 813-831-5673. We'll be happy to help you do it soon because uh, Passover's uh, April 5th, right? And also, uh, I am finished with the Counting the Omer uh, 50-day devotional. If you want the actual hard copy of the book, again, call our office. Uh, We'll get it out to you. If you want to get it online, that's just go to our website, 
We'd love for you to have it. It's it's going to be a blessing. I know it is. So come visit us at Sharesh David. Bring friends. Uh, check our times and locations at Sharesh David website. And uh, at this, let, let's just close in prayer. Father, we thank you and praise you for this time, for how you bless us continuously. And now I, I pray in particular for all our listeners that their first priority would be you, Lord, and that they would grow in their desire to have a heart like your heart, the heart of Messiah. I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach. Lion of Judah, the God of Israel.